Hello, this podcast is sponsored by Now Alchemy. Now Alchemy is an amazing company that has formulated the most powerful substance in our body that was taken way back in the Egyptian era known as the food of the gods. Not only does it bring in balance, happiness, and increase your intuition, it decalcifies your pineal gland, which opens up your third eye and increases your light body, allowing your consciousness and your awareness to be open and aware of everything that is going on. The high-level mineral source, which we need today on our planet, is so important. With the fact that the earth itself has been overturned so many times with all of the farming industries, that we do not have access to the rich ormus that is available in this planet. And thanks to now alchemy, we do. We now have the sustenance that our body needs that is brought in from the Himalayan mountains and the Dead Sea. Ormus, which is powerful energy source that moves through your body and brings together a whole synthesis of information to every part of your body. By bringing this mineral source, you are nourishing your body at a cellular level. I love the company for what it stands for and its ethics. And it has been a sponsor of Ancient Wisdom Today podcast since the beginning. And that's why I always ask the tribe to support the sponsors who are sponsoring this show because I go through each of the sponsors with strong ethics and integrity to make sure that whatever they are bringing forth is in align to the planet and into you and for all of us so that we can grow and have health and wellness in our lives. Ormus's company spends a lot of time with advanced scientists, naturopaths, and doctors and herbalists to formulate a sourcing technique that brings in the highest quality of organic ingredients from the most mysterious and desolate countries in order to bring the magic in the bottle, which is Ormus. Now alchemy is not just for health and wellness community, but for all people seeking to become their greatest version of themselves. And I've been taking this product for many months, and it has been such an addition to my shamanic love that I bring to the world. And how I bring love into the lives of people is by keeping myself healthy and happy and lifted and shifted. By bringing the highest source of minerals in my body, I am able to hold a high vibration of energy and light when doing healing work or when I'm speaking to large groups of people and when I'm here lit and doing Ancient Wisdom Today podcasts. So I invite you to experience the amazingness of Ormus. They have so many powerful selections that you can choose from, from 24 karat gold Ormus to Shilajit to nano-enhanced CBD to Elysium, each bringing a different blend of energy to your body. And I honestly say that this company is really changing the lives of people. Ever since I've mentioned them and shared them with all of the people in the tribe, I've been getting letters and letters of people's lives that have been changing. And not to mention the fact that those who have had suffered so many times from PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, depression, confusion, fog brain, and all of these other symptoms that have been plaguing us because of the onslaught of aggressive energies on our planet, by taking Ormus, these things are cleared, neutralized, and allowing you to have more balance and groundedness in who you are, as well as enhancing your mind so that you're able to think clearly and have a stronger focus. You can get Ormus by contacting www.n.com. 
www.nowalchemy.com. That's www.nowalchemy.com. And if you use the code SHAMAN, you'll get 11% off every purchase you make. I'm so happy, tribe, that we are putting beautiful things in our body because putting beautiful things in our body is putting beautiful things in our mind and our spirit. And that allows us to shine and radiate our truth in this world as leaders. I love you. Enjoy the share. Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek is a third-generation shaman, an evolutionary innovator, and a women's empowerment leader. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. We're sharing ancient knowledge in modern times in order to put the power back in people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I am so honored that you are on this planet, that we are all joining together in this beautiful energy of really forging love into every aspect of life, from every word that we do, every action that we take, and the way in which we use our mind. And we are using our mind to really break down the barriers of fear and limitation and replacing it with understanding, with love, compassion, and giving, and just really being present with every soul on the planet, no matter where they are in their evolution, to know that they can and will achieve success in recognizing who they truly are outside of this system. And so I'm so honored to, to have you here so that we are bringing back the old ways, bringing back the ways of times when the earth was Pangea, when we were more in alignment with magic and we were more in alignment with the, the ways of nature, the spirits, and the connection of earth and the magic that we all wielded within our beings. And so I'm so excited to have in the studio today a powerful wisdom keeper, a way shower, a priestess of ancient modern ways, who is here to share with the tribe her love and her devotion of tapping into the energies of Isis and, and Mary Mother Magdalene and all of the beautiful essences of the women and the goddesses that are here to hold down that light for all of us so that we can continue moving forward with ease and grace. So I'm happy to have in the studio, Marion Bach Anison. Thank you. What an exquisite introduction. I'm so delighted to be with you and your tribe. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really happy that you're here as well. So, so tell me a little bit about uh, you know what, what, who you are and what you do to introduce yourself to the tribe so that mm. we can learn of the beautiful energies that you represent. I am a multidimensional priestess and a Magdalene oracle. I am a wisdom keeper bringing back the ancient knowledge and the essence of the Sisterhood of the Rose. And I am a womb keeper. I hold space for women to awaken the goddess within them and to unlock the feminine wisdom codes in their womb 
and to be on this beautiful ascension journey that we are all, of course, on in support of one another, doing it together in a sisterhood, which in my experience amplifies and expands what is possible for us when we are in the together we consciousness. Absolutely. I believe 100% in that. And I, you know, I'm very much an, an advocate of women. I'm an ambassador for women worldwide, globally. And I've spent my, my, since I was in my early teens, helping women reclaim themselves from the understanding of the maiden, the mother, and the crone. And really, right now, a lot of my work is about helping crone be seen with their wisdom to be able to speak and share and talk and, you know, and really have a voice in, in you know, both in government. And and also within, you know, all of the social systems. And so I think that's really beautiful because I think it's so important. And you had said something which, um, which really was dear to my heart. And it was really about, you know, the womb, you know, because I, I talk a lot about the womb a lot when I'm giving lectures. And so I'm so happy to have you here because I talk to people, you know, about the womb because there's a lot of things that people don't understand. And when you were talking about the sacred codes and shamanism, we call that the bowl and we call and the women have a second bowl and in that second bowl there's all these ancient symbols that are written on inside of their vaginal canal all the way into the womb that activate and give them certain powers so i just am very excited to have you here <laughs> mm, thank you and i want to honor you as a noble man you know the feminine can only awaken when we have noble men around us to allow the feminine to find her way into her heart, into that vulnerable place so that she can open and rise up. So really, it's such a co-creation here between the masculine and the feminine. Thank you for being a noble man. Thank you. It's an honor and, and a great honor to, you know, to, to be a part of this experience mm. on earth and to honor women in the highest, in the highest way. They are, they are the ones who who were willing to acknowledge the first uh, code, which allows that you know for allows us to create life, and that's why women bring life because they understand the life code because they mm -hmm. saw the life code, and so we men have a lot to learn from women, but also we have a lot to share when we're in our heart space because we can actually help understand certain dynamics and bring together these beautiful traits that we both have to create a better world. So tell me, what do you feel like right now has been a little bit of the difficulty when it has come for women to really step into what it means to be, you know, the, the, the goddess, to, to be able to see their visions, to acknowledge this immense power that's inside of them? Mm, such a great question. I can answer this from a very personal place because I was this woman. Oftentimes women believe that they've reconnected to the goddess because they find her and are inspired by the form, by the archetypes of the goddess, by the look of the goddess, by the ideas of the goddess. And oftentimes we don't realize that in fact, we can take up the mantle of the feminine in form, but we're still perpetuating very masculine energy. And of course we are because we've grown up in an incredibly wrought patriarchal culture. So the biggest barrier is really reckoning with the patriarchy within ourselves and allowing ourselves to break through 
and to understand that just because we believe that we've quote unquote found the feminine, that there's really something so much deeper to embodying the feminine and being the feminine in her full essence. Yes, absolutely. And do you feel that women have kind of given up a lot of their their rights to this level of power uh, because of their mothers, 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 you know, putting them into a very subservient, you have to sacrifice everything that you have so that you can be loved, so you can have value, so you can have a voice. And, you know, do you feel like that has been a great, uh, a great, deal of why women have, you know, suppressed themselves because they trusted in their mothers to guide the way. There was no women who were standing in front of them saying like, this is how you actually activate all of who you are. Absolutely. Yes. And the mother wound is one of the deepest wounds. However, the mother wound also activates oftentimes the reconnection to the feminine herself. I can tell you that I grew up with a mother who you know, was not the embodiment of the feminine. (laughs) She did the very best she could. She was an amazing mother and she, you know, raised six children, God bless her heart. But feeling deeply unseen, feeling deeply invisible, feeling very much like I didn't matter. At some point in my life, it activated within me the search to find mother and set me on the path to find the goddess. So our mother wounds, Uh, I believe, are actually, if you look at it from a soul perspective, are actually perfectly designed to bring us into where we are at this present moment, where where we are reconnecting, recalibrating, and bringing the feminine back within, you know, she, she really rises through the hearts of each individual woman. It's almost like the fractals of her diamond. And as we tune in, turn on, and activate that fractal within us, the entire diamond template for humanity gets activated again, gets electrified again. Mm. And do you feel like there is a um, an energy of discourse when women are operating in a place of victim consciousness and staying stuck in the idea of pain, you know, in the pain body, which is the idea of, you know, uh, like when you when we think about like the Me Too Act, for instance, right? So the way I look at it from, from a perspective, because in other lifetimes I've been women and in other lifetimes, like when I was in Egypt, I was Amun Ra, I was a male. Mm-hmm. And I have a very strong understanding of entrapments that the system creates to limit women from seeing their power as that powerful goddess, as that queen, as that majesty of grace who's come here to really help us lift ourselves into more compassion from the we place versus from the I've been hurt me place or we've been hurt and let's stay in this pain body. So because so what I look at is is the fundamental, you know, manipulation that takes place from the system, which is, yeah, women, you've been hurt, you've been hurt, you've been hurt. Stay focused on that. So then they so it's another distraction from then saying, yes, we've been hurt. However, we're going to use this pain and speak up, but rise up from a place of our heart in love. And how can we heal the imbalance? Not from a place of you're bad and let me persecute you, but from a place of how do we correct the imbalance to begin with? Mm, mm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I totally agree with everything that, that you're saying. My thoughts on it are this. Every woman has a particular frequency and a vibration set point that she's at. And at a, and yes, to get to transmute 
victim consciousness is absolutely our way back into our heart. And victim consciousness is a programming of the third dimensional matrix, and we all have it. And at a certain vibration, to get really fiery and enraged and to allow that fire to put you into action, that actually, for some women, like that's a very productive, powerful place to stand based on the frequency and the vibration that they are at in that moment. I think that there comes a place with the victim consciousness where you can find yourself not in a fight with it, but you really bring it into your heart and you get out of your head around it and you begin to say, I allow myself, I allow myself to feel like a victim. And in the allowing of it, because whatever we're fighting against, right? It's like, well, there's always still that uh, that energy of resistance there. And the only thing that can transform, in my experience anyway, true transformation, we have to get in resonance with the very thing that we are in resistance to. I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. I talk about that a lot. But my thing is in African culture, which is where my, where my family's tribe comes from in African culture, when women are in the tribe and they're hurt, like when there's a woman in the tribe who's hurt, let's say she was raped or she had something happen to her, the women in the tribe join together with the other women to help her to process the anger and the hurt. But then what they do is they go immediately into a circle of healing about how can we heal the men of the tribe because there's a sickness in the tribe and we are the elder. Women see in, in, in African culture, women see themselves as the elder spirit. So they are the ones who usher uh, the, the dimensions of healing. And so what they would do is that they would go through this process of, of joining together to, to help her to heal, to release the pain out of her body. And then they would stand together and say, there's men in the tribe who are sick how can we bring healing to that man who's sick instead of going out to persecute him and find him wrong, which is exactly what creates duality. But how can we bring forth the light from his being to see where, why he has fallen from his truth, why he has stepped away from his truth, you know? And so, so, you know, uh, so the, the words that the African woman would always say is let us heal our men of our tribe because our men are sick. And if the men are sick in our tribe, then we will eventually get a poisoned by that as well because we're all connected. And, and so what I keep seeing is I keep seeing women going and doing things like they'll, they'll take on more of a masculine role and, and, you know, and push away the feminine, the feminine nurturer, the goddess, the wild woman, the, the free woman, the, the sexual woman, the, you know, the, the, the wise woman, the, the, invent, the, the innovative woman, all of these levels of the, the divine energies that women bring forth, the warrior woman, you know, they, they take it out of context and go into, I'm a victim I'm in pain. And then other women come around instead of saying, hey, let me help you through this pain. They go, oh, well, I'm in pain too. So let's be in pain together. Mm-hmm. Or let's, let's put more fire to, let's throw more you know, uh, wood on that fire of your pain. And let's make the pain even more. And then let's get angry. And then let's get angry. And I feel like that is created by the matrix to throw, to, to, you know, to um, how do we say, kind of uh, throw them off from their ability of the nature of who they are, which is the first diviner, which is they are the healing. They are the resurrection. They are 
the the um, the resurgence, the regeneration, the you know the 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 part of humanity that is able to move beyond the matrix and be able to create balance within the whole entire structure. And I feel like what it, what the what matrix is doing and what the system is doing is it's it's fueling that fire through news, through media, through you know getting making it so uh, dramatic that women actually stay in the anger and hurt and then can't transmutate out of that. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I just want to tell you that when you're talking about the African tribe, it takes my breath away of the intelligence and the soulfulness of what you're describing. That is incredible. And it's such a model for what we can be recreating in our culture. I think that what my thoughts are to answer your question is this, we can't really change or transmute anything when we're dealing with something outside of ourselves because we are the inner temple. We have to take what we feel about the situation and it is a, this is a hard one because it's been so perpetuated in generations and generations. And it's the biggest imprint of pain for women. So of course, it's easy to blame the masculine, to blame the patriarchy. And again, that's one level. That's one, one vibration, right? When we can get to the point where we can hold hands, connect, do this together, you know, this, cause this is a hard one when we can say, okay, I take responsibility for how this is making me feel. However, it might be, whether it makes me feel despair, rage, upset, uh, powerless to take it into my own inner temple, into my own heart, into my own body. And the transmutation process starts with this. The truth is I feel enraged. The truth is, I feel enraged. The truth is, I feel enraged. And taking it outside. See, when we're focused on anything on outside, I'm I'm sure that 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 you agree. We can only we can only sort of make progress on the third dimensional realm. It's mm-hmm. when we bring it inside of the inner temple, inside the body, inside of the heart, inside of the stargate of our heart. Now we can bring it into a different dimension, and now we can really heal it, change it, transform it, transmute it. Right. And that's and that's exactly what I'm, I'm speaking about. Is that, and I love the way that you said that. That was so beautiful. The way you put it, you're such an eloquent speaker. I I I think that there is the idea of anything being on the outside is you know us projecting outwardly looking for the problem like for instance a lot of times people will say oh you know well you know it must be because i didn't do something or like someone told me the other day you know what about karma because in shamanism we don't believe in karma Mm -hmm. right and so we believe in everything is an opportunity to love and so you know we look outside of ourselves and we always look outside of ourselves we're looking we're looking outside through that dimension but we're not realizing that that dimension is being projected from some part inside of us that we have an assignment to. And so I believe like, you know, the assignment that has happened on planet earth, which is what I see and what's going on with as far as like, you know, women rising, because that's what I call it. I call it the great rising, right? Mm -hmm. Is that there is this old energy of discourse that women have had with each other that men saw a long time ago, I remember in other lifetimes, in ancient times, that women had discourse with each other because they were threatened that other women would take away from the, the love that they had or that which they, are, you know, they were creating. And so therefore, men saw that as, a, oh, that's their weakness. They don't 
have secure independence within themselves. So all we have to do is pit them against each other even more, throw more fuel to that fire, and make them so to the point where they can't pull it together that we actually see the feminine as volatile and uh, aggressive and disruptive to society. And now we can even suppress it even more and then suppress it within ourselves because we see it as a weakness instead of a strength. So men were being killed off if they were showing signs of weakness or being threatened by other men who saw themselves as more alpha and more stronger. Whereas women you know, were being demoted from their positions in power by sitting on the thrones and being in positions of power, they were being pushed aside just to make babies and, and, and handle certain things while men started sitting on thrones and running things and with the promise of, you know, they love them and the promise that they'll be loyal to them and, and keep to them. But anytime a man sees a woman rising to a place where she's in her power, the threat that comes up for him is one, the fact that men have a deep core uh, wound inside because we don't access all of our feminine energy in the way that we should, that we can't understand the depth of what's happening with females, what's happening with women in general. So we like the energy of being, you know, the, the intimacy, we love the tenderness and so forth. But then when it gets to the other aspects, which is the wisdom aspects, which is what women can really bring to men, which men need to operate and see. And a lot of the men in the tribe who are listening to us, you know, right now, they um, have had, you know, I get letters and letters and letters of how, you know, having all these different women come into the share and talk about these things has really awakened them to so much about, you know, getting out of that that behavior and really getting into to the to the understanding of true nurture and true um, wisdom that women hold and the abilities that they hold to see quantumly. So, um, what I find uh, very interesting is that you know as I'm traveling the world and 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 spending time with different women, I do see that discord still with women. What are your feelings on that? Well, I hate to say it, but you are. A hundred percent spot on, even oftentimes in the goddess community, in the sisterhood community, there is discordance. And this is a big, big wound, an imprint that is so cellular and there's so much past life uh, betrayal that you know we're here at this time to heal. You used the word projection before, and you know the, the way that I see it is that our work at the deepest level is really around collapsing our projections in order to come home to the wholeness of who we are. So when it comes to the sister wound, I think, and this is where I really, in my mastery, when it comes to some of the work that I'm doing in the world right now, it requires an incredible presence to bring women into sacred space, into sacred circle, into the intimacy of temple, and to heal the sister wound at the deepest level. And to truly bring women into a place of sisterhood activates a healing that goes beyond any individual woman, just like you described before when you described the African tribes. When we can weave the wisdom together, when we can weave the web of our sisterhood together, now we've created a quantum container where we can literally heal anything. We can heal this planet in a hot second <laughs> when yeah. the women come together, right? I believe but that, yes. You're absolutely right. It starts with healing the fractures within the sister wounds and to be really aware of 
and take responsibility for. I think it just all comes back to that sim- simplicity to know that it's not bad and wrong, but we're catalyzing each other. And every time that we catalyze each other, God bless it, because it shows us where we're separate from ourselves, where there's a projection that needs to be collapsed, and where there's healing that needs to happen. So many people are afraid when they hit the sister wound, then what happens is circles break apart, women stop speaking, and they flee. And my invitation to all women is to stay right there with the discomfort, with the pain, to lean into it. Mm -hmm. And from there... Now we're going to do some incredible healing together. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. Yes. Let's take a, I just want to take a breath and just kind of like marinate on those words of yours. I really want you to say that again. <laughs> I'm trying, and I'm holding back my tears right now from crying right now. So let's I just have you say that again. They have to lean in it. Can you say that just that? That, so all so all the women can hear that in the tribe. I will, I will try. Sometimes she just speaks through me. So I'm going to let me go back into my heart here. So the invitation to all women is that when we feel those splits, those fractures, that separation, rather than judge the discordant energy as something bad and wrong and ultimately let circles break apart and separate from each other, that in fact, we stay right there with the discomfort and that we lean into it and allow the very discomfort to catalyze us to a whole new level of heart healing, connection, intimacy, and understanding in one another. Mm-hmm, exactly. Exactly. You know, it goes back in, you know, in African American culture and African culture, why a lot of black people have issues with black people because they don't realize that the issues that they have in racism is because they were sold, they sold their own people to the Spaniards on the ships because they wanted the goods that were on the ships. And so the discourse is there and they haven't healed that discourse so there's still that discourse there so then they take and project outwards like you like we we're talking about not to project outward but to sit in it they project outward and then look for people who are racist and then be racist against them but they don't understand that the first discord started with their own kind and so it's always this it's really funny because it always goes back to this energy of return home to that which is the root which is the root is where the family started it's the seed it's the it's the beginning growth and everyone's always looking for the branches they're looking for the leaves to make a decision about what things are they're not going to the root and just sitting in it like you just said it's about sitting in it and just holding space in it and being in the space of feeling what is happening and letting that feeling letting that energy transmutate the discord and lift it and shift it into a higher perception so that way you're able to see above the pain and the suffering and the years of ancestral uh, pain and suffering that has occurred, that has been passed down through bloodline and, and also through spirit bloodline, but to be able to um, rise into a higher understanding of it so that you can gain a, a clarity of healing that is actually substantial and real and sustaining. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm doing the yes dance over here. And I'll tell you, if I can just share one other piece about this, that sometimes 
it's not such a popular piece, but it's an essential piece to talk about. <laughs> I know you'll be laughing now. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. It's not a popular piece. Trust me, I yeah. get a lot of backlash from people when I talk about these things. Yeah, well, which is to say this. Look, even the whole New Age, spiritual, self-growth movement, right? In some ways, even we are perpetuating this patriarchal, sort of very masculine energy of we need to fix something. Something is wrong. What can I do? Can I yoga it out? Can I journal it out? Can I fast it out? Can I ecstatic dance it out? (laughs) Right? How can I feel better? And the entire invitation that I have for people to really step into their mastery is what if it's not about feeling better? What if it's about being with. Everything in our world is ultimately in the mainstream matrix is designed to have us feel better. Take a pill, buy a car, lose some weight, right? (laughs) And we judge our own, what we call negative feeling or low vibrational feelings. They're part of us. This, this, This piece just changed my life. They are part of us. God is everything. Mm-hmm. Goddess is everything. Goddess is both the light and the dark, the war and the peace. So what if we stop splitting off from those quote-unquote negative emotions, negative feeling, making them bad and wrong, and we really sit with them and love them back into ourselves? It is our presence. This is how powerful we are, right? And I'm sure that, that, that you'll agree. When we are present in our heart, we activate the God within us. We activate the goddess within us. And that presence is what's going to transmute and heal any fear that we have. That's the mastery as I understand it and I see it. I certainly don't know for sure, but that's from where I can see right now, that's the mastery, learning how to be with, be present with, and lean into these things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's very interesting you say that because in shamanism, the first the first part of our training as kids is observation. Mm. So we say that a person who judges in Africa, you say a person who judges is blind. So we don't pay no mind to when people judge. We don't pay no mind to them because we know they're blind. So we don't we don't get upset about it. We just know they're blind. When someone's blind, uh, you know they 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 cannot see the things that are going on. So you know if someone is talking and judging something, I'm not going to go to them for for advice or for any kind of clarity or wisdom because they're blind. They cannot see. But so when the way that we operate in the spirit world, the way we're able to see all the dimensions and the reason why I'm able to, you know, to communicate with other beings and talk to all these different spirits and and access different powers and so forth is because we observe life. We observe our feelings. We observe the subtle nuances of energies that are passing in front of us. And when we see through the observation that those two energies are completely different, which means there must be a gateway somewhere here in this vicinity, then we observe and keep observing until we see the gateway. And then we observe the opening of the gateway and then we let ourselves in. So that means that the gateway open, that means there's an invitation to a spirit realm that's asking us to come in. And then when we go in, we don't go in like, you know, like we know everything, we go in like a child. And that child self, that playful child self allows us to be open to all forms of information 
without trying to like decide what is comfortable and what isn't comfortable, but just to be present and let everything flow through us. That's why I call, that's why I always tell people be lucid, right? Being lucid, live your life lucid. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the the blocks that have occurred in people is a lot of it, I think, is held within sexual repression. I feel, you know, I remember when I was Pharaoh in Egypt, we had certain times where the priestesses would have these orgies that would last like a week. It was like these intense orgies. They would do the sacrifices. They would do these orgies. They would do these dances, these celebrations. They would go on for a long period of time and then they would do their rituals and so forth. And they built up this momentum of energy. They were never seeing themselves as uh, as a slut or a whore or any of these things. They were seeing themselves in a state of adornment, in a state of ritual. And I think that when you when you get into life and you look at how human beings have taken ritual, taken their connection to their ancestors, taken and suppressed their sexuality, and put rules and labels and conditions and checkboxes and marks and and you know systems of like I have to get married, I have to have kids, I have to do this, I have to do that, I got to pay for this, I got to do that. It it literally robs them of the essence of that of that nature. And so I feel like with women, what happens is, you know, uh, one woman said to me recently the other day, she said, you know, I know that you help a lot of people, a lot of women um, who don't have orgasms reclaim their orgasm. And then this other woman said to me, you know, I never had an orgasm. I don't have an orgasm. And I said, your orgasm is held in your surrender in yourself. And she goes, what? I said, your orgasm, it's not the person who's giving you the orgasm. It's your surrender. It's like being in a river and you're holding on to the rock. That's why you're not getting the orgasm. The orgasm is to throw yourself into the river and let the river take you wherever it needs to go. And you know, because you have divine wisdom, you have divinity wisdom inside of you, that you're going to be okay. Wow. Love that. That advice is probably going to change change her whole life. (laughs) It's like a metaphor for even more than just the orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I feel like the reason why a lot of times what happens in, in women is that women have in them, there's this energy that we say in shamanism is called mana. Mana is this bluish energy that's like electrical bluish energy that allows magic to be to be uh, generated in a physical realm, and it uses it utilizes the elements of earth, air, fire, and water, and then you have um, ether, and then you have certain levels of different types of, of you know metal things like silver, things that you can use copper if you want to bring tools into that level of energy. But the energy exists already, and some women have it very strong, and some women don't have it because they don't allow themselves to take it in. And nature produces mana. And so this energy that um, is there, when women are holding, bounding, locking, and holding tight everything inside... Right, which is what's causing the cyst in the ovaries, what's what's causing breast cancer, it's what's causing ovarian cancer. It's what I see when I when I'm working with other gynecologists and I'm going in and we're talking about how can we help women's health and how can we how can we create a different association to how people are how women are seeing their health because the healthcare model on planet Earth, well, I mean, we know it, it sucks. It the globally healthcare for women sucks and 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 that's you know unfortunate, but there are things women can do to be able to facilitate greater health and wellness. And what's interesting 
is the core energy that we always see is the repression. Because when they repress, the magic can't flow through them, the wisdom can't flow through them, the sensuality can't flow through them. You know, all of these things are divinely meant to flow through women easily and effortlessly, like a river. And that's why I always tell men, like when you see your your wife getting to a place, don't call her crazy to make her feel uncomfortable about what's about to flow through her. Be like, keep going, honey, keep going. Open up that, that bandwidth, open up that doorway a little wider. Let's see what comes through because women have the vessel to flow that universal power through their, their body with ease and grace. But when they restrict and when hold, they can't. So what are your feelings uh, about, about what I'm sharing with you? Well, sexual energy, I'll just start with this, is life force energy. It's vital energy. And so, yes, when we are suppressing that inside of us, of course, it's going to make us sick. It's going to affect our levels of pleasure. It's going to affect our ability to truly, you know, enjoy these beautiful body temples that we've been blessed with. I think that what I'll also weave in here is the suppression also of not just the womb and the sexual energy, but also of the heart. Mm. We've been taught as women to suppress our emotions. When a woman is on her beautiful moon flow and she has that natural pre-cycle right before the red, you know, the red comes, and she is, you know, what culture calls PMSing. And that's all of the natural emotion that's been built up with her. Her body is so intelligent that it's all the natural emotion that's been built up. It's saying, all right, let's release this now. Let's get this out. Let's cleanse this. And what happens? We judge women for being on the rag and crazy and too emotional. And we think that tears are weak. If we let this emotional energy flow also, this is another river that's meant that women have access to, that we're meant to ride. Our tears, every time that we cry our tears, it's like we are baptizing ourselves to a whole new level of healing. Right, that's what I that's what I hold space for and tell women that our tears are so right and so good. So yes, 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 a million yeses and everything that that you're speaking of. And I'll tell you just a quick story that I think illuminates a little bit of what you said. I love the word mana that you're talking about. The very first time that I did a uh, cacao ceremony, which is the you know the sacred plant chocolate, I guess you could call it pure chocolate. It's a heart opening medicine. And I was surprised. I took this cacao and suddenly I just found myself in almost like a trance state. And I had to get up and move and dance. And I was dancing this very sensual way. And I had almost what I would call like a bleed through. Like I had a vision. And I remembered so clearly standing in a temple on the steps and I was exuding all of this sensual energy, sacred sensual energy, life force energy. And this man walked in as if he had just come from war. He was bloody and bruised, dirty. And he stood in front of me and I danced around him, blessing him, saturating him in this energy, this sensual energy. What I now can use your word, this mana, right? This prana energy. And What I understood from the vision was there was a time that women as temple priestesses, even without the touch of sexual connection, 
in the energy of sexual connection and everything that was exuding off of my body was healing him. And that we would do this beautiful practice of dancing around the man in order to heal the war within them. And having had that, you know, personal experience, like, wow, it gave me such a remembrance to my own power of just how powerful my sexuality and my sensuality actually is. It's a healing force on this planet, mm-hmm. or it can be. You know, it's true. It can be. And I like that you said that if you allow it to be. Yes. I think that there has been such a, a, a discrepancy that's been placed on women, a pressure that if they allow themselves to really connect into that energy, which is really funny because the sexual energy isn't... Okay, so the same energy that's in women and same energy that's in men, is it's very similar. When women go through their moon cycles, you know, right? And they go through that you know, before the full moon and on they go into all of that. Men have theirs as well. We produce more semen right before the full moon. And it's interesting because in ancient cultures, including like Turkish culture and uh, different cultures in uh, the Nordic cultures and uh, African cultures and certain cultures within Latin culture, there was a time right before when the moon would come is when everyone would go and make love and go and share and share in this this beautiful union. Like in Turkey, they used to have go bathe in the river and then they would lay out you know, on the grass and all these men and women would have this amazing um, sex with each other. And then the men would pick flowers and make a wreath for the women and then they would put it on the homes of their homes. It's very interesting because, you know, the energy that people think is sexual is really just life force energy at a, at a, at a very heightened state, which could be not just used for sex. We can use for creativity, can use for healing, can be used to do magic. It can be used to, you know, to, to do a lot of things, to bring, to bring health to your garden or to your land or to, you know, to bring on, uh, greater wisdoms to the planet by opening up and channeling energies into your body. But because we have been such a repressed uh, culture of people on earth you know we have when we feel it when we get that turn on and we get that charge we think oh this is sexual i need to go be sexual and sometimes it's about just weaving a beautiful sweater <laughs> yes i mean you're talking womb wisdom right now that's exactly right to awaken the inner creatrix is really around like taking back that sexual energy as life force energy, as creation energy, just like you're saying. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Well, I'll start by saying, I'm going to reference African culture for a moment. And I met an African woman years ago when I was a birth doula. And uh, I remember her saying, the problem with Western women is that Western women's wombs are cold. The womb in Africa is warm. Wombs are meant to be warm. And so she was, you know, really speaking of the need to warm the woman's womb. And which and the reason she went on to say in her in her talk, the reason why the Western women's wombs are generally cold is because we don't grow up with a relationship to our womb. We're sort of divorced from our wombs. The only relationship we have with our womb is if, you know, when we have a baby or when we have our cycle. And oftentimes, neither of those things in Western culture are very pleasurable. (laughs) And so 
what I will say about the womb is that for a woman to claim the power of her womb starts with being in right relationship again with her womb. The womb has its own consciousness, like do other organs in our body. People generally don't understand exactly what that means. And the example that I often give is um, like your uh, your bladder is a sphincter, and if it, you know it has its own consciousness. If someone will walk into the restroom when you were urinating, well, your bladder would 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 stop. It would it would get a little scared. It would get shy. That's an example of an organ in your body having its own consciousness. So it's the same with the womb. Only the womb is like you know, so much more sensitive. It feels the lack of connection. And so as we drop down and just begin to be intimate again with our womb, to bless our womb, to put our hands on our womb, to bring warmth to our womb, whether it be physical warmth by, you know, rubbing our hands together and placing our hands in the womb or just emotional warmth, heart warmth to the womb. That's going to bring you now into connection. Now you and your womb are, you can be in, in allyship together. And then from there, there are ways, and these are rituals that I bring women through, there are ways to heal the pain and shame that so many women carry within their womb space um, and to reset the womb so that we can acknowledge and bless and ceremonialize the womb again as a place that is ultimately a sanctuary within our body, is that sacred bowl within our body that holds the greatest life force and creatrix energy that we can have access to. And then a step beyond that is that our womb is the gateway to tuning into the cosmic womb of the mother. Mm. And there's a prayer actually that I'll share from the book that is very dear to my heart. Many of your listeners might know it. It's sort of a global phenomenon at this point. It's called the Sophia Code. And the prayer is very short. It goes like this, divine mother of all life, take me to that place deep within your womb where I can know nothing and be reborn anew. And embedded within that prayer is the wisdom that when we go to the womb, when we surrender to the womb and allow ourselves to be stripped of our identity, of our attachments, of the ways that things should be, of our expectations of ourselves, when we allow ourselves to get to that place of Allow me to be nothing and know nothing. Well, now we've opened up where we're available to everything. <laughs> right? That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you are so amazing. Thank you. Yes. I love that. Tell yeah, continue. So I didn't want to cut you off, but I had I I was having an explosion over here. Oh, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> like a happy dance, and I just had to scream it out. I have no, I have, I'm, I'm I'm spontaneous combustion. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you. I'm feeling it. Um, that I mean, that's I was pretty complete with that. That feels uh, that's just about right. I mean, well, here's here's what I'll add to it. Um, you are connected to this idea of rising. Obviously, I'm connected to this idea of rising. My whole business is called Priestess Rising, right? Yes, we are rising. We are rising. We are rising. But rising is not about getting more visible or more impactful or more powerful even. 
What I've come to understand that to truly rise, there's actually this really interesting polarity. To rise is to completely be dissolved. And in our dissolution of ourselves, in the willingness to crumble, to be broken apart, that in that surrender to that, now the beauty, the source, the soul in us, the light that we are here to share with the world that's going to heal the world, that's going to bring us into the next paradigm, that is where it rises from. It is the metaphor of the phoenix rising from the ashes, and people love that metaphor, but oftentimes they don't necessarily get it. I tell women, when you are in a hard place, a hard time, when it's full of suffering, don't fight it. Welcome it. Surrender to it. Let life break you down and break you apart for what is on the other side of that is the rising that you know you are here to be. Yes, Ashe, yes. Mm. You know, it's interesting because when I was a little boy, my mom used to always talk to me and ask me, you know, like what she, why I, like why I was here, you know. And I told her that I've come here to, to, to help women liberate themselves. And she asked me why, you know, and I said to her as a little boy that because the new earth can't be, the new earth can't be born unless women liberate themselves. And uh, my whole life, you know, I remember I first started working in a a battered women's shelter in my early uh, teens to late teens and with these women with these black eyes and punched in teeth. And I mean, it was, God, I don't even want to start crying. It was just really intense. And just being there for them. I wasn't there to fix them. I wasn't there to like, you know, to, to take their pain away. I was there to witness for them with love. And, you know, here comes the tears. And, you know, and I feel like, you know, as a male, and I think, you know, as I talk to a lot of the other male tribal members and tribal leaders of this tribe that are listening right now, you know, it's, it's really about like we men have been uh, indoctrinated in this idea that if something is broken, we have to fix it. So we keep approaching women with this idea of fixing them and fixing the situation. And so when we can't fix it, we get upset. And we we take we make it about ourselves, and we get caught up in the idea that you know everything is about fixing it, and so then we get mad and upset, and we push away, and you know, and sometimes it's just an acknowledgement of just witnessing, just putting your arms around uh, that woman, or just sitting there with her quietly, and just being there with a cup of tea, or you know, just listening. And I, I I learned that in that in working in that battered shelter, you know, the women would always say to me, you know, when you come around us, um, I feel um, I don't feel invisible anymore, and it, it really taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about men. It taught me a lot about because I am a feminine spirit in a male body. Mm-hmm. And but I'm also male. I'm a composite spirit. So I have a very strong masculine side. I have a very strong feminine side. My feminine side, she's a powerful goddess witch. She doesn't put up with no nonsense when it comes to disrespecting women on any level. 
I, I, I'm the type of person that when my, when my male friends start doing the pissing contest uh, and who has the biggest cock and who, and, and, and start disrespecting women in front of me, I shut it down. And I shut it down with grace, but I shut it down in the way that men can hear. And I educate them. And I, because I don't, I'm not here because the woman in me is, is not here to play games with where we need, what we, what needs to happen for us to get where we need to go. Or we're not going to be able to survive on planet Earth anymore. I don't care. You know, I was sitting with a friend of mine who's one of the top scientists in the world. His name is Paul Hawkins. And we were sitting in my um, hotel in Arizona when we were, because me and him were doing a thing for this event. And, you know, we had some, some um, kid time to go be with each other and just geek out. And as I go, isn't it funny how everyone's running around trying to fix all the problems of the world? Like, okay, how are we going to fix the waters? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? When the main thing is about being there for the young girls who are, being, who are on the planet and being there for women. And that's what's actually going to fix our entire ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Because the earth is connected to the stewards. And if the stewards are sick and in pain, the earth is sick in pain. And there's an old, old, old principle um, that comes from ancient days and the ancient times that if, you know, if women are sick, the earth will become sick and then we will become, and then everyone else will become sick. So if you're going to want to, you know, to, to, to thrive, really thrive, you have to make sure that the balance between women and earth are always in health and in, 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 in vitality and is, thri- is able to just keep blossoming. And, you know, it's interesting because I look at uh, a lot of the male stuff that comes up for men who are in the tribe, who are listening, you know, and they always feel like, no matter what they do, they're always getting in trouble from, from their wives, from their girlfriends, you know, you name it. They, they always feel like they're getting persecuted. So they always go back to seeing their women as their mother. And then they start getting into a place where I don't want to have my girlfriend or my wife as my mother. And then they start feeling they lose their attraction. And then they start feeling like they need to go out and find someone who's going to boost their self-esteem again, like they did when they first met someone. And that's when the cheating comes in. That's when divorce comes in and all of these different things. It's interesting because we have two different types of ways in which we fill ourselves up. Women just need to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. You know, I have a lot of girlfriends who go through things. I don't say anything. I just put my arms around them. And then they're like, you know what? I feel so much better. Whereas my male friends, I have to boost, I have to tell them how amazing they are and how smart they are and how intelligent they are and what they're capable of doing. And then they're like, oh, I feel so much better now. And I think if we start the conversation and start really learning how we can best support each other, I think it's going to be such an amazing journey for us on planet Earth. I have to mirror something for you, which is when you are talking uh, and you started talking uh, about being a little boy, first of all, it was like a lightning bolt of chills down my spine. And I get chills when I'm in the presence of really powerful truth. And just as you're speaking about honoring the women, being there for the women, listening to the women and being there with love... The entire, like I feel the council of ascended master goddesses are around us here now. And as you were speaking, there was just 
ripples and ripples and ripples of energy going out. So I just want to mirror to you. Thank you for the medicine that you just spoke. That was uh, powerful. Thank you. That you know, um, I went to, uh, I was uh, living in uh, Turkey and one day I was, um, I had this vision and uh, Mother Mary came to me in a vision when I was in my early teens, like when I was in Turkey in Istanbul. And uh, the message was, you need to go to Ephesus. And I was like, what's Ephesus? So I asked one of my friends, a Turkish friend of mine, and she said, oh, Ephesus is where Mother Mary spent her last days when she was being um, hunted by the Pharisees and so forth. So I went to Ephesus where you climb the mountain and where Mother, and it shows where Mother Mary used to live and it shows how she, how she lived in this kind of like cave and um, you can go there. And when she died, this water came from the earth and they turned it now into a fountain where you can go there and drink it and people hang their crutches on these strings and all this stuff. And um, it's really beautiful. And uh, I have a very strong connection to Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And when I was... When I had came back to the States, at one point, my father, you know, was having a very difficult time. And I went to his office and his, his uh, secretary that works for him, uh, she's a very devout Catholic. And she, you know, she's like, oh, your dad's in his room. And my dad said to me, she goes, you know, my, he goes, I, sometimes I think people are crazy. He goes, because he goes, as much as I deny so much of our, of, of the fact that I was an apprentice to grandmother who, you know talked about you being the, you know, this, this powerful spiritual leader that you're going to take on the family roots and the tribe and everything of this nature. He goes, you know, when I, my, my secretary saw you, she said, you walk with Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what do you think about that? And I said, yes, I understand. I said, because I said, I have, I, I have this, you know, this need in my life, my every waking moment, my breath is to align men into their heart and to help women to be able to see each other so that they can come together in great counsel and guide us. We cannot survive. And I say this to the tribe all the time. Women see quantumly, men see linearly. We cannot survive without the wisdom, clarity, vision, understanding, depth, and love and compassion and emotional clarity that women can provide. A man can build something but if he doesn't get the wisdom from the woman of that and the way in which to build it, it can become destructive. Look at the bombs and the guns and the things that we have on our planet to this day. You know? And I think there's a, a, a journey uh, that is taking place where we got it, we, we're coming back to this space of, in which is very strong for the males in this tribe, is to recognize the women. Like I, my, my niece is my, is my manager. My sister is my advisor. I have all my advisors in, except for one, they're all females. I always go to women for counsel. What is your counsel? What is your counsel, I ask. And I think, you know, asking that for as men is very important. What is your counsel? So my darling, I want to ask you, what is your counsel for us to be able to bring back the level of love and clarity that we need in order to really support women and to, for men to stay in their heart space? Mm-hmm. My counsel is for 
for us to know that it is the pathway of self-love that ultimately will bring us back together, that will bring the masculine and feminine within each individual together. You're talking about bringing men and women together, which is a beautiful way of speaking about it on the macro level. On the micro level, what we can do is people think self-love is around liking parts of themselves, falling in love with parts of themselves, and nothing can be further from the truth. True self-love is around allowing yourself to be exactly as you are. That mantra of I allow myself to be as I am right now. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Doesn't mean I have to like all parts of myself. It's okay. But so long as there's a part of me, that feminine part of me that allows the human part of me, and this is a metaphor for masculine and feminine within, to be exactly as it is, now we are activating a self-love energy inside of us, right? Now we're coming back into our hearts. It is people, women, most, you know, women first, and then holding space for the men to follow. When we return to that place in our heart, I believe that that is what's going to change the world. But it starts within ourselves first. To come out of the head and into the heart, starts with the practice of permission and allowing. I give myself permission to be upset. I give myself permission to feel like a failure. I allow this marriage to be falling apart right now. Again, doesn't mean that we're surrendering to it and wanting, having it have to be like that forever, but we're just cocooning it in that beautiful feminine that says, because that's ultimately such a beautiful expression of the feminine, allowing that unconditional, that's Mother Mary, right? To be able to, that's what you did with those women that you were in the shelter with. I allow you to be who you are. I'm going to be present with you and I'm just going to be love right here with you. And there's a way that we can do that in ourselves. And yes, we can do it for each other, but it starts with being it for ourselves first. That would be my counsel. And what is your counsel for men for us to go further, to, to take down the walls of insecurity and rise up in a true place of, of as, you, as you said in the beginning, of noble service? Mm. Ooh, now you're taking me out of my comfort zone because I don't always work with men. So let me, uh, my, uh, my. But even in your out of your comfort zone, the yeah, wisdom out of my is comfort zone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tune into my heart here. To the men, if the men can start valuing the women, uh, excuse me, valuing the feminine, then the women can start valuing the feminine too. So if a man gives a woman space to have her feelings, that right there, he's valuing the feminine. When we get off of the crazy roller coaster of life and actually make time to drop into silence and stillness, that's valuing the feminine because the feminine is softer, stiller. It's not about doing, it's about being. So if the men begin to value the feminine and the being, then women can begin to understand that that is okay. They, they will give the permission to the women to also do that. That's what I would say. Let's all start valuing the feminine. 
valuing getting off that crazy need to have to prove ourselves and our worth to the world and just value being with each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny because as you were saying, Kwan Yin just spoke to me and said, and the first message you had was very clear. And I want to bring it back because I want it now. You have two counsels there. You you stopped one counsel to bring that information in, but I want to go back to the first one you said, and I want and I want to and I want to bring that through, which is what Kwan Yin is talking to me about right now, which is yes, men, when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable, to share with our women our vulnerability, our fears, and our pain because women are the great healers and they're not going to do what we think they're going to do, which is use that against us. What they're going to do is see the, the, the humility and the humbleness in us and be able to help us and give us great counsel so that we can rise into a better place within ourselves. We're so busy masking our emotions and acting like everything's okay and then sucking it up and storing it in our scrotum, storing it in our penis, storing it in our prostate. And that's why we get prostate cancer, testicular cancer. That's why we get impotency. That's why we create all of these masculine uh, male health problems. That's why we have high levels of aggression and anxiety because we're not feeling like we have the ability to emote. And and to add to that, also, which is really good, is to allow women to hug you and nurture you and cuddle you without it being a sexual overtone. Mm. Yes, the power of tender touch. I have a lot of female around me who just will just hold me and just cuddle me. It doesn't even, it's not a sexual thing. It's just a cuddle. It's just a cuddle on the bed or a cuddle on the couch. They cuddle me and I allow myself to feel rejuvenated. I feel healed. I feel in balance. And men, we have to understand that we haven't had a lot of touch. We don't get affection. We don't get touch. We don't get told that it's comfortable for us to emote emotions because it shows it in male society, it's seen as weakness to emote emotions. So we, that is something I wanted to add to what you were saying in the beginning and then to complement that with what you said after because those two things are so important and so necessary. Hmm. Thank you for pulling that thread. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the Kwanian came through. She was standing there talking to me. And I was like, let me just hold on to that one until she's finished with this divine yeah. wisdom here and bring it through. And mm-hmm. also, I just want to encourage you as well for you to lean into the aversion of, 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 of being able to speak to men as and in, in two, because you, you see, you work with women, but also their men also need women like you who are able to see and understand the goddess, the womb, the priestess, the power, the magic, the energy, and be able to share with us, to educate us so that we can have a greater knowledge as well. Mm, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah, because you've got you've got power for wisdom in there, my love. And it's meant for it's meant, it's not just meant for women, it's meant for everyone. Mm. Bless your heart. Thank you so much. So thank, how, you. thank you. <laughs> when I'm not being a crybaby on the, on the podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, I get very emotional and I love being emotional. It's great. Uh, so tell me, how can people get in touch with you? How can people follow you? How do people... What, what, how, yeah. How, how can the tribe you know, get, get into your space with your energy? 
Thank you for asking. Very simple. My website is priestessrising.com. Get on my mailing list. You'll hear about all of my upcoming retreats, initiation programs, virtual classes, etc. I am at Marin Bach Antonson on Facebook or Marin Bach Antonson Priestess Rising. And I'm also on Instagram at Marin Priestess Rising. Fantastic. I just want to thank you so much, Goddess. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here and gracing us with your beautiful presence, your love, your wisdom, your kindness, and your devotion that everything that you represent and what you're bringing to the world to be able to give us clarity and deep understanding of the power of the energy that came from the womb. Thank you for seeing me, for celebrating me, and for having me on this very incredible platform that you've created. I bow to you as a powerful medicine man, shaman, and just weaver of really potent wisdom in the world. I thank you too. Hey tribe, I am super happy to share with you all that you can go to the Shaman School. It is my new Shaman School online where you can take classes, up-level yourself, upgrade your powers, learn everything from the basics of shamanism all the way up to more advanced levels where you're really accessing your powers. Because the thing is, tribe, it's about putting the power back in your hands and we have to be ready for what's coming. And that means get everything you need to keep yourself lit and riding the lit train. You can go to www.theshamanschool.com. I look forward to sharing with you more informational tools that are going to change your life. I love you. Tribe, we are blessed, we are graced, we are honored, we are lifted, we are shifted, we are operating in the field of great awareness by having this powerful goddess who was with us in studio. Please go follow her, get to her retreats, get into those spaces inside of yourself where you do just sit into that space. And to really take in the wisdom and the knowledge and what she brings to earth is so profound. I encourage you to look her up immediately and get in there and really start bringing some powerful, powerful, powerful magic into your lives. I love you so much, Tribe. And you know how much I love you. But the most important person who needs to love you is you. And recognizing there's only one of you on the planet. And that makes you sacred. And when something is sacred, we honor it. We hold it in a precious state of awareness of knowing the value of it. And you're valuable. And I love you. If you want to learn more about shamanism, you want to level up your powers, please go to my website at shamandirect.com to sign up on my newsletter. It's where I'll be teaching and what part of the world I'll be in. You can also follow me on Instagram, get involved in the Instagram lives where I have you teach the tribe your knowledge, your wisdom, and your gifts. And also, if you want to um, leave any kind of poems or songs or any blessings or affirmations or anything that you would like for me to put in the front of the podcast with your tag, share your love with the tribal members that you're a part of, please do so by going to sam at shamandurek.com and sending any material and we will look it over and we will make sure it's definitely for the tribe and we will post it and share it and, and share your love with the tribe because it's important that we all see each other we know each other because we're all part of each other. I love you. Never forget how powerful you are. And until next year, see you later, alligator.
Bye.